The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening and good afternoon, folks. I am your host, Fred Houston, and uh, hopefully I'm going to have a decent show here. The, the connection that I uh, have here seems a little little shaky, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes as we go along. Anyway, before we get started with today's show, just a couple of quick announcements. I'll uh, repeat what I did last week, and that is uh, the stone and tile uh, inspection seminar that I have coming up in June scheduled for Florida. I have canceled uh, due to the coronavirus, uh, so I'll reschedule that sometime. Hopefully, it may be later in the year. It just depends what goes on with this coronavirus thing. I do intend to do another one in Las Vegas again next year, assuming we don't get a resurgence of this darn virus. So we'll see what happens there as, as well. Uh, also, I have um, more of the Stone and Tile Show stickers left. I'm extending that contest. As I had said before, if you've been listening, uh, I'm going to pick a winner. And what you need to do is send me an email. I'll give you the email in a second. I'll send you a couple of stickers, uh, place them either on your truck or your toolbox, uh, send me a photograph and I will pick the best photograph and, uh, I'll have a prize worth $500 uh, to the winner. So uh, just go ahead and do that. The email is F Houston. That's F H U E S T O N at gmail.com. I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to Luke Miller, uh, with the Tile Money Show, the uh, seminars that he put on the last couple of days have been great. I actually did one. If you haven't registered for that, then uh, go ahead and register for it. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, just search Stone Forensics or uh, Tile Money, you should be able to find out how to do that. <coughs> Excuse me, and I'm sure he's going to be uh, replaying some of those uh, some of those uh, seminars, including the one that I did. All right, today I'm going to be talking about how to select countertops. Now, I'm going to gear this towards towards the end user. However, with that said, you guys out there that are in the business of selling countertops ought to listen also because a lot of these questions I'm going to give the consumer, they're going to be asking you, and you need to be able to provide these. And as a matter of fact, I actually wrote an article a number of years ago. Actually, it's a little pamphlet called A Guide to Selecting Granite Countertops, although what I'm going to do today is we're going to talk about just countertops in general and stone countertops in general. Uh, so we won't only be focusing on granite. We'll also be focusing on other stone types as well. Uh, if you have a question, uh, the call-in number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And if you have a comment, it doesn't necessarily have to be a question, but if it's a comment, or you have some other advice uh, to give uh, consumers out there or other fabricators for that matter, then uh, feel free to call in. All right. The thing I want to talk about is the type of stone. 
Now, if you're a consumer out there and you're looking to put stone countertops either in your kitchen, your bar, your bathroom, or whatever, uh, there are different types of stone that you, stones that you can use. And some of them are excellent choices and others are not so excellent choices, even within the same category. So, you know, basically we have uh, probably the number one countertop being used right now is granite as well as quartzite, which are very similar in properties. They're both very acid resistant. They're very uh, scratch resistant. So they make an excellent countertop. However, we are seeing a trend for marble countertops. And while they're, you know, a gorgeous looking countertop, they go well with a lot of type of a decor. Uh, the problem is, is that that marble is very soft. So it's going to scratch very easily. And it's also acid sensitive, which means any type of an acidic food, you know, uh, uh, ketchup, uh, vinegar, iced tea is going to etch that countertop as well as stain. So you need to be careful. And this is something you need to discuss with your fabricator. And that is the type of stone. In other words, you may go into a shop and you see the stone. Oh, I just got to have that stone. You want to ask, is this going to be suitable for my kitchen? How is that kitchen used? Are you using that kitchen on a daily basis? Are you do you a lot of cooking on it, a lot of cutting, et cetera? Um, if you're not doing that, then maybe, you know, marble might be okay if you're not cooking that often or cutting on it that often. But if you are, you'll probably want to go go with granite. So, you know, those are some of the some of the types you're looking at. Of course, we have onyx as well. Uh, onyx you see a lot in bathrooms. Onyx, by the way, is a type of marble. So it's going to be soft. It's going to scratch. And it's going to etch with acidic chemicals. And, of course, all these stones are subject to staining. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later later in the show. So what's real important when it comes to the type of stone, you know, don't go just by looks. You know, an, an example I get all the time is that, you know, some of these materials have a lot of shiny flakes in them, flakes we call mica. And people like that shininess. Well, the problem with some of those granites and this is where your fabricator needs to know. And if you're a fabricator out there, you need to find out about this, is that sometimes those mica flakes tend to pop out of the stone. So you'll, you'll install a fabricated beautiful countertop, install it for a consumer, and, you know, a month down a road or so, you get a telephone call that it's starting to get all these pits. And that's just the nature of that particular type of stone. So with all the types of stones that we have out there, all the types of granites that are, that are coming into the country now, that's, a, that's available. And we're, we're literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of types. You need to find out how these materials are going to react in a kitchen, especially in a, in a kitchen setting. Of course, you have the issue uh, if you're going to install, say, a granite countertop in an outdoor location, an outdoor kitchen, a barbecued area, or a pool, a lot of these granites are now resin. In other words, they inject, you know, polymer resins in there and they do not hold up very well to UV light. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to one of my past shows. I did an entire show on the resining process and uh, what to look for. So as a consumer, if you're going in and looking at countertop for an outdoor location where sun is going to be hitting it, you'll want to ask, is this going to hold up in UV light? And if you're a fabricator out there, you should know that. You need to contact your distributor, ask them if these materials have been resined or not, and if they are, are they UV stable? Uh, right now, a lot of these uh, resins are not UV stable. I expect that to change uh, over the next few years with some of the new resins that are coming out. But right now, a lot of them are not very stable at all. So that's one of the things, the most important thing uh, you want you want to look at. So let's say you go into a shop or you go into, you know, one of the big box stores and you're looking at countertops. Unfortunately, 
and, and I, I'm not going to name names here, but a, a lot of the big box stores will have a tendency to take you away from natural stone and put you more into the, the man-made materials, uh, the engineered stone, what we call the quartz surfaces, maybe even formica or some of the other materials. And the reason for that is, is, is a little complex, but not too complex. And that is a lot of these guys are afraid of stone because they've heard the myths, especially when it comes to granite. I'm going to discuss some of those myths right now. The first one that I heard many, many years ago, and as a matter of fact, some of the engineered stone people were actually putting this myth out there, and that is granite can harbor bacteria. And if it harbors bacteria, you don't want to put it in your kitchen because that's not good. Well, this is just not true. As a matter of fact, the uh, Natural Stone Institute uh, back in the day called the Marble Institute of America actually commissioned a study uh, with, I believe it was the University of California. Uh, I'm not quite sure who, who that was. But anyway, if you go to their website, uh, you'll be able to find this article. And they actually did a study. Um, I, I'm sorry, I confused that. We're talking about radon. The, the MIA did the radon study. The bacteria study was done by another organization, uh, which was a, I think it was called the Housekeeping Association or something like that. And basically what they did is they took 10 different countertop materials. They took granite, they took metal, they took, you know, butcher block and all the, all the countertop materials are out there. They inoculated them uh, with bacteria and they went back after so many days and they tested it. And you know what the number one safest material was when it came to uh, bacteria, it wasn't granite. It was metal, stainless steel. However, number two was granite uh, and natural stone. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a, it's a, it's a lie that's been circulating out there, especially by the people that are selling against natural stone. So it is not the case. And if any of you are interested in that study, if you Google it, It'll show up. If you can't find it, send me an email. I'd be more than happy to find it for you and send that to you. So granite or any natural stone, for that matter, will not harbor bacteria. It's, it's, it's completely safe. We've been using stone countertops for years and has never been a problem. The second one, which I was, I was talking about the study a minute ago, was that granite contains harmful radon. And that is not exactly false. I mean, there is some amount of radon coming out of granite, but uh, the study that the, that the Natural Stone Institute did showed that it was so minute that it was totally, uh, in some cases, totally not even measurable. As a matter of fact, if you're living on a, on a home that's built with a slab on grade, in other words, your, your, your slab or your stone is directly on the ground, chances are you have a bigger problem with radon there than you actually do with your countertop. And the analogy I like to use as far as the amount of radon coming out of some of these granites is that you would have to encapsulate yourself in a tomb of granite for 5,000 years in order for the written amount of radon that's coming out of the granite to, to have a problem. I mean, the earth we walk on contains radon. So again, that study can be found on the Natural Stone Institute's uh, website as well. So if you as a customer are worried about that, it's not true. You can look that up. And you as a fabricator, you may want to go ahead and print that, uh, print that study out or print that article out and give it to your customer if they're coming in and saying, oh, I can't use granite because it contains radon and my kid's going to have three-headed babies. That's, I mean, that's, that, that's not the case at all. Uh, another myth that has circulated out there is that uh, stone is difficult to clean. And that's not true as well. I mean, it cleans, it cleans up very well. I mean, now with this coronavirus, uh, there are a lot of companies out there now selling disinfectants. 
uh, that can be used. And actually, uh, if you go back a couple of shows, I actually did a whole show with, with David Bonacera, and we talked about the difference between disinfecting and sanitizing and how to do that correctly. So uh, if you're interested in how to, to disinfect and, uh, your countertops, whether it's stone or not, I may want to go back and, and listen to that show a few weeks ago. It's, uh, uh, you should be able to find it so like two or three weeks ago. Another myth that's out there is that, uh, especially when it comes to granite, but I hear this other myth with other stone as well, is that uh, uh, if it chips, it can't be repaired. And that's not true because there's a whole industry of guys out there, and some of you guys are listening, that, that restore and repair these countertops for a living. So that's not, that's not the case. So let's say you're ready to buy a countertop. You're ready to buy a stone countertop. You've You've pretty much, you know, got your heart set on it. And if you're a fab shop, you're looking to sell those countertops. What's the first thing you need to do? And this is this is a recommendation I give everybody that's out there that's looking to buy a stone countertop. And that is go to a shop, get yourself educated. You know, Google's wonderful. Go ahead and Google it. But you want to see the actual slab that your countertop is being fabricated from. And this is extremely important, especially with the type of granites that we have out there, we have granites that have a lot of veins. Uh, they're, they're, they're very variegated in the way they look. So, you know, if someone whips out a sample, that's a, you know, a four inch by four inch piece of stone and you say, Oh, that's pretty. I want that. Now you get your countertop. It's going to not going to look anything like that piece of stone. Of course, unless you're using something like, you know, black absolute, which is pretty uniform in color. So very, very important. Uh, one of the things I used to do, uh, in my shop is we would, you know, use the old fashioned uh, Luan templates is once we had their countertop template, of course, we're going beyond the sale right now. Uh, we would go in and actually place those templates on the slab itself and talk about, you know, this vein's going to be here. This mark's going to be over here and get the customer to sign off on that, that template as well as that particular slab of stone. And I tell you that voids tons and tons of problems later on down the road when, you know, you, you look at your countertop and that doesn't look anything like the sample or as a fabricator, you tell the customer, well, stone is natural. It's going to have all kinds of veins. Well, telling them and showing them and two entirely different things. So very important uh, for those of you out there that aren't familiar uh, with stone countertops. There's generally two, two thicknesses that we see, and that's what we call two CM and three CM. In other words, translate that to English equivalents. We're looking at three quarter inch, and inch and a quarter, quarter inch. So uh, those are the thicknesses. And it depends on what part of the country you're in, too. I tend to find that the West Coast tends to have a lot of three-quarter inch materials, although that's changing, where the East Coast has primarily been the uh, inch, and, inch and a quarter material, so the, the 3CM material, uh, although we're seeing that changing a lot now, too. Uh, of course, the thinner materials, the three-quarter inch materials, uh, tend to have to need need to be laminated. In other words, for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, that's where you actually build up the edge so that it actually looks thicker. Uh, with the three or uh, with the inch and a quarter seminar uh, seminar <laughs> inch and a quarter uh, thicknesses, you you don't have that that problem unless you want a super super thick. And then we're talking about you know different types of edges, mitered edges, etc. So that's something you need to discuss. Uh, with your fabricator. So extremely important to actually look at that slab. Now, most of the shops you're going to have, and this is a good tip for you fabricators out there, when you're showing customers your slabs, you're generally not showing them the slab 
in a horizontal position. In other words, what it's going to look like on their on their countertop. It's usually sitting in an A-frame or rack, and it's sitting vertically. Well, that you have a whole different view of that stone. That stone might have micro fissures in it. It might have little pits in it that you can't see at that angle. So you need to either lay that stone down for the customer or have the customer go to the side of the stone and actually look at it as if it were laying down so that you can point out, see this particular type of stone doesn't have a, say an even shine all the way across it, or it's gonna have all these little micro uh, fractures in it or, or whatever uh, the case it is. Now, one tip I have for you as a fabricator, and that is the way I used to sell my slabs when someone would point out, well, I don't like where that vein goes, uh, I don't like where that blotches or whatever, is explain to them that you know a, a piece of stone is like a Picasso painting. It's unique. No, no one else in the world will have that. And with that said, all these so-called what they want to, what your customer is going to want to call flaws are really not flaws at all, but they become the character of this and they actually become a, a, a conversation piece uh, when you put it in their home. I know my countertop I had when I was living in North Carolina had all kinds of veins running through it and people would go, oh, that's really cool. That looks like a river running, running down through it or, or whatever. So you know, very important that when the when when you as a customer are looking at the slab, or you as a fabricator are, are showing a customer your slab, that you point out all these things, and that's why I think it's so important to show them what it's going to look like, uh, either on a template or with some of these new software programs where you can actually take a photograph of of the slab and show them what it's going to look like in their in their in their countertop. So that's the number one thing I would discuss with with a customer. Um, the second thing you're going to be concerned with as a customer and as a fabricator is where are you going to place the seams? Now, I had a lot of weird requests over the years as to I want a seam here and I want a seam here. And what you need to understand, and our fabricators know this, you as a consumer might not know this, is that a seam has to be over a supporting member. So you can't put a seam directly over, uh, let's say, a um, a dishwasher, because when that dishwasher vents and starts blowing steam, that's going to break down the glue that's used in the seam. So you never want to put it there. You need to put the seam where there's a supporting member. So you can't put it in, in the middle of a cabinet that has no support unless support is put in there. So, And of course, the size of the slab is going to determine where the seams are. So seams are really something important you need to discuss with your with your client. Uh, if you're a fabricator, if you're a consumer, you need to ask the fabricator, you know, what would be the best place to put these seams? Where would you like them? If you don't like them there, then you need to discuss that with the fabricator. And if the fabricator is, is, is educating you enough, he's going to tell you, well, we can't put that seam there because of, of this. So extremely and extremely important when it comes to seams. I, I've, seen, I've seen countertops torn out. I've seen lawsuits occur because someone was arguing over the seam itself. So be extremely, extremely careful there. Um, cabinets. Uh, I've gone into jobs, not a lot, but I've gone into jobs where the, uh, the, the couple issues with cabinets, the cabinets weren't set. They weren't, they weren't installed. They weren't screwed down or, or, or attached, which becomes a real problem because when you go in and you template it and those cabinets move, uh, that countertop might not fit. You know, they've moved it too far. Now the countertop's too short. And I don't know anyone yet who's invented the stone stretcher. So uh, very, very important. Uh, I used to mark the countertops with a, with a pencil where the countertops were just in case they moved. We go in and we fabricate a countertop. You go to put it in and all of a sudden it doesn't fit properly. You got to show the customer it wasn't your fault. They moved 
the cabinets. Uh, I've had some rare instances where the cabinets were so cheap, and this is especially true on, on some of the islands that I've dealt with, that they won't hold the weight of the countertop. I've seen a lot of islands that are nothing more than than four two by four posts in each corner, and uh, you know luon or paneling on the outside. It's not going to support uh, the countertop. So you know, you need to make sure you work really. If you're a fabricator, work really closely. Uh, with the cabinet guy, making sure those cabinets are ready. As a matter of fact, when I teach stone fabrication installation and, and templating seminars, I always say you need to have a sign-off sheet. You need to have, here's what I need before I can even come in and template. You know, and some of those things would be the cabinets need to be there. I need to see the fixtures, uh, including your sinks, your faucets, et cetera, because I've had uh, there's situations where, you know, we'll drill holes for fixtures and a customer decides they don't want a three hole fixture. Now they want a one hole fixture. So, you know, those holes don't fill very easy. You can't hide them that easily. So uh, it, it really, and, and actually as a fabricator, that's a, that's a good point for actually selling sinks and selling fixtures if you don't already do so. But if the customer supplying their own sink and they're supplying their own fixtures, you want to be able to see them and want them ready to go when you go in and do the template, not when you install the countertop, but when you're actually doing the template itself. So uh, cabinets obviously need to be level. Uh, and this is something that, you know, all you fabricators should be aware of. Bring your level in there and check check the cabinets, et cetera. All right, I talked about the sink tops, et cetera. Uh, the door pulls or the cabinet hardware. And again, this is a rarity, but it does occur. And what happens is that I've seen situations where we discuss the overhang. You know, how far is that countertop going to overhang? And a lot of times the customers won't have their, their, their cabinet poles and, and hardware on already. You go in, countertop, they ended up putting these really uh, fancy poles on, on, the, on the doors and cabinets, and they stick out beyond the overhang. And the reason that's a problem is because if they spill something on the countertop, the ca- it now falls off the countertop and falls on the poles itself. So you want to make sure that that overhang is beyond or at least even to where that pole is. Now that brings up this next topic and that is overhangs. I've had customers say, well, you know, I want a, I want a 16 inch overhang, but I can't have any corbels. I can't have any support there because, you know, I'm big. I got long legs. I want to sit on a stool. I don't want to hit that support. Well, you guys know that the, the Natural Stone Institute has a requirement for how much you can overhang a granite countertop without supports. So there are ways of providing support on a countertop uh, without having those, those supports. A lot of innovative ways I've seen. You have these now these flat supports that exist where basically a piece of iron that goes under there. I've used iron plates. Uh, so there's any number of ways. You don't know what those are. You may want to uh, talk that over. Uh, take a look at some of these. A lot of the distributors now carry them and uh, also discuss that with your customer. And if you're a customer, you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware that if the overhang goes too far, that there's a tendency for it to break if you don't have that proper support. So those are, those are the things you need to, you need to discuss in front. And I'm a big fan of everything needs to be discussed up front because once you once you fabricate that countertop, once that fabricator fabricates your countertop, there's no changing it. I mean, sure, you can add a hole, but you can't add to it. Okay, it's, it's all, already done. So you need to discuss things like the profile you want on there. Make sure you see samples uh, of, the, of the profiles. 
Okay, so very, very important. And make sure you have your heart set on that type of granite. And if you have to go back and visit the shop a number of times, go ahead and do that. Now, when it comes to installation, I'm going to tell, uh, get two pieces of advice uh, for the consumer and one for the uh, installer. Uh, for the consumer, and I'm going to put this bluntly, stay out of the way. Uh, you're, you're not a professional cabinet or a, a stone installer. These guys hopefully know what they're doing. Leave them alone. Uh, this material is extremely heavy, and I've seen a lot of accidents uh, with consumers getting in the way of these, these, these countertops uh, installations. So be extremely careful. And as a fabricator, I would make sure your customer is aware of that. You know, put that in your contract. Put it in your, in your, in your checklist. Now, depending on the part of the, the, uh, the, country, the, the country you're in, from state to state, from locale to locale, what, what can be different here is whether you're going to install the, the plumbing or not. In most cases, you need a licensed uh, plumber to do that. And in most cases, I have seen guys that that will do that. But one thing I've seen again and again done by professional plumbers, full time plumbers that, that do this is they use gobs and gobs of plumber putty on the countertops. And this is a no, no plumbers putty can and will in most cases stain the countertop over time. I've seen this happen up, up to a year or more down the road where nothing is nothing Nothing happens, and then a, you know, six months, a year later, the plumber's putty start to bleed into the countertop. Uh, what my shop used to do is we had these little stickers made up that went across the holes, the fixture holes, and it said, do not use plumber putty, which is extremely important. Um, one of the things I will, I, I'd like to discuss, and I probably <clears throat> have discussed this on <clears throat> some of my other shows, but it's definitely worth mentioning here. Excuse me for one second while I get a sip of water. There we go. Um, and that is what a crack is versus a fissure. Uh, you have to remember we're dealing with natural material here. It's going to have veins. It's going to have what we call fissures in it, which geologically a fissure is a crack. But there's a big difference between a crack that is caused either by mishandling or doing installation and a natural crack, if you will, a fissure, a, fissure, a natural fissure in a stone. And one way to tell whether you're dealing with that type of flaw is to run your fingernail across the suspected crack. If it's one side is higher than the other, in other words, if your fingernail catches, chances are that's a crack. That's a crack that occurred either during installation, uh, during fabrication, at, at some point in time, it, it actually cracked. Uh, if you can run your fingernail across that and you can't feel it, chances are that's a natural fissure. So, you know, this is something you need to look at when you're looking at the slab, as a fabricator, you need to point these things out to your consumer that, you know, see this here? That's not a crack. That's a natural fissure. Uh, and that's why photographs are, are perfect for that, getting the customer uh, to sign, sign off on there. So now the Natural Stone Institute in their design manual does have a clause for what we call acceptable repairs. It can be acceptable. And, you know, part of the quote basically says that stone is a product of nature and it may have naturally occurring holes or chips, et cetera, that you need to fill. Now, of course, as a fabricator, you need to pick the right type of fill, whether it's polyester, epoxy, CA glue or whatever. But as a consumer, you can probably expect to see some of those some of those on certain types of stone. So, again, these are all the things you need to discuss 
with a fabricator. Okay, a couple of a couple of points, personal opinion thing, type things that I want to point out on what to avoid. Uh, but before I do, uh, I want to give the phone number out one more time. It's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. If you'd like to jump in with a question or a comment or possibly a nightmare you've had uh, with uh, installing templating, fabricating countertops, that would be great too. I'm going to take a brief pause here for a station break, if you will, and I'll be right back to try to tell you what to avoid when purchasing a granite countertop. So I'll be back right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tufskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tufskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All righty, folks. And uh, it just so happens that there's one cure for uh, <clears throat> that, that ad there from Toughskin uh, for an anti-etch product uh, that can go on a marble countertop. Remember I talked about how uh, some of these marble and onyx countertops can etch. There's, that's what Tough Skin does is they actually put a film on the surface that protects it. All right, what things to avoid? I, I've mentioned several of them already, but I want to rehash some of these. And I would be careful with granites that have shiny flakes in them. Those are microflakes. Those have a tendency to sometimes pop out. So you want to make sure. Another thing I, I'm not a big fan of, and again, this is something you really need to check out. And if you're a fabricator, you need to discuss this with your with your uh, uh, client, and that is honed black granite. Honed black granite is very, very susceptible to fingerprinting. In other words, oils from your hand and your, your fingers will actually stain it, and it becomes a big problem. I can't tell you how many issues I've had with that as well. And of course, we all know the issue with polished black granite and the uh, dyes that are used, which did a whole whole show on that. Uh, as a consumer, you're going, you may see what they call grades A, B, C, and D. Um, do not mistake these grades as a quality issue. These grades are put out by certain quarries, by certain distributors, and they're basically only relating to price, not necessarily the qual- quality of the material. So, the grading system you see, it doesn't mean that a grade A is better than a grade D. It doesn't mean that at all. So um, it's basically a price point for uh, people selling these materials. So as a consumer, I wouldn't worry about the grade when you're dealing with granite. I just I wouldn't worry about it at all. And of course, what I said before is see the, see the entire slab. Now, if there's no questions or comments, what I want to uh, refer you to is is make sure that your fabricator and you guys as fabricators have a care guide. And there's a really excellent free care guide. Uh, It's a 28 page care guide. It goes through, let me go through it here real quick and I'll tell you where you can get it. Uh, But it's, you know, it's a full color guide that you can, you can print out to give to your customer, but it basically goes into, you know, the essentials of cares, the do's and don'ts, preventative maintenance, how to treat spills. Now this care guide also discusses floors 
not just counter countertops uh, who goes into showers. It talks about sealing and protecting. That's something I should briefly discuss uh, when you're, you're buying your countertops is that ask the fabricator if they seal that countertop. And if they do, where do they seal it? And I, I don't mean where on the countertop. I mean, do they seal it in the shop? Do they seal it on site? Is there any kind of warranty for that? And uh, that's something you need to discuss with the fabricator. And as a fabricator, you need to discuss that with your client. Uh, it goes into grout for floors, obviously. It talks about staining, etching. It gives you a brief description of how to remove a stain. And there is even a whole section on, on what I discussed here, you know, selecting uh, the resining that we talked about, how to hire a stone restoration contractor. Occasionally, you may need to call someone in to make a repair on your countertop that talks about that. So it's, it's an excellent, excellent guide that's free. And here's the website for it. The website, it can be found on surfaces spelt with PH. In other words, I'll spell it out for you. That's S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S. And if you go to the resource section, you'll see care guide there. Just click on that. It's a PDF file and you can go ahead and print print that out. So there you go. Alrighty, folks, that's all I have for, for this week. Hopefully that's helpful uh, for you as a customer and uh, you as a fabricator to, to help with your customers. If you all have any questions at all, uh, just feel free to send me an email. That's Houston, F-H-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to have some great shows coming up. We're going to be doing one up here soon on selecting diamond pads. Uh, for you fabricators, which should be quite educational. We're getting ready to do that show here pretty soon. So uh, if anyone is interested in being on the show, you have an interesting product or an interesting story to tell, definitely send me an email and we'll uh, schedule to get you on the on the show. We're, we've now reached over 10,000 unique views on the, uh, the show and the podcast. So we're growing at a pretty rapid rate. And I think we're up to almost 90 shows so far. So we're continuing to grow. And all those shows are available you know, on this website, on the blog, talkradio.com uh, website. So check it out there if you will. Also, don't forget to check out my uh, my uh, Failure Fridays. I post a Failure Every Friday on my Facebook page. Uh, just simply go to stoneforensics.com. Uh, check out my correspondence classes. Uh, that's stoneforensics.com also. Check out the uh, training and education section. You'll see some of the correspondence courses that I'm offering. Hopefully, again, they'll be live here hopefully by, by next year. So, folks, um, until next week, thank you for listening. Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those stops. Later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bond Stone, and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products. Easy Care products and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net.